folks, Bob Main here with another episode of today's survival show, helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. This is episode number 251. As I promised, you know, just a few days ago, I put out that excellent interview on preparing for Ebola with Mexican Joe and Dave and Fighter Doc talking about that. Well, this week... Uh, this, this, this is an interesting episode here as well. That was really good, what those guys did last week. This one here is, is about an actual uh, stink hit the fan that's happened to somebody in a, in a bad way. And I, and I had to get this out there because you've got to hear this. Okay, White Bear has been on this show before. White Bear teaches primitive living skills. And what I like is he, he takes primitive living and he teaches how to apply it to modern day living and and he calls it self-reliance living and i'm going to start calling it self-reliance living as well but apparently some officials from uh, homeland security didn't like it so much and that's what i said apparently some officials from homeland security didn't like what he was doing very much and so uh, you got to hear this i interviewed him and he talked about it. He shared what he could share because I think he's engaged in a legal battle on it right now. But you just need to be aware of this. This is something that you need to keep in the back of your mind. Uh, kind of makes me nervous a little bit, but you know what? Um, it is what it is. So I don't even think I'm going to introduce this anymore because White Bear does a pretty good job of introducing this or actually talking about this. So... Here you go. Let's listen. Okay, welcome back, folks. And for the interview portion of this show, it's been a long time, but he's been on this show before. I've got White Bear from Western Montana back on the show. Welcome back. How you doing, Bob? Uh, well, you know, people kind of know how I'm doing. I'm struggling with some things, but actually today I'm feeling pretty good and enough energy to you know do this podcast and... I you know I got a much tougher fight on my hands, but one thing is, is I'm a fighter and a warrior and a strong real will to live, and I'm going to make it happen. Well, yeah, you and I were talking off air about the situation, and, and unfortunately, with uh, what we're going to talk about that I've been through, I haven't had a chance to really follow either of your podcasts uh, the last few months. But uh, from everything that you've told me you've been through, you sound good, and I, and I, I wish you a, a complete and speedy recovery, and I hope everything uh, gets better by uh, 2050 so that you can get back to doing what you do best. Yeah, thank you, White Bear. I appreciate it. Well, you know, I want to go ahead and introduce you for people that – are new because I get a lot of new listeners to this show. Actually, you know what? Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, well, I've uh, I've been a primitive living skills instructor for uh, many many years, and I teach people how to be self reliant, how to be uh, basically prepared. Um, you know, for not only everyday living, but uh, in case uh, the stink hits the fan, as you so elegantly put it. And uh, I also do. Um, uh, give people information on how to set up solar systems, wind power systems, things of that nature. Um, and I've, I've kind of been literally off the grid for the last few months because of the topic that we're going to talk about coming up here. Yeah. Let's just suffice to say White Bear's got many, 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 many years of living and teaching. He teaches this stuff, but he lives it also. All right. 
So let's get into the incident. I think listeners are really going to enjoy this for a specific reason. You know, people have been listening to me talk about for four years, uh, you know, that, that stink hits the fan, events happen, you have to plan for them and things. But I've never had a chance in the four years I've been doing this show, the four plus years, I've never had a chance to have anybody on that had your kind of an event happen. So let's talk about it. Yeah, I, I think it's something that people need to really uh, listen to and and understand that there are ramifications against people who are uh, living a self-reliant lifestyle, living a prepper lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, uh, by our um, unillustrious government. Um, and this all stems from a three-part podcast that we did uh, some months ago on disaster preparedness and mitigation. And um, uh, after we did those three parts, uh, I thought they were pretty well done and pretty well received by a majority of the people. And there was a few people out there that, you know, wanted to talk, you know, thought we were talking tinfoil hat stuff and conspiracy theory, which I don't know where any of that came from. But uh, that being said, um, I was also going to do a um, a video uh, that I was going to send to you for your uh, Survival Champions Club. And I had filmed it, edited it, had everything together, and I had attempted to send it to you, and, and I was under the impression that you had received it, and then I found out you didn't. And I looked into why you hadn't received it, and it was during the send, it was blocked, uh, they said, for inappropriate content. And that really kind of blew my mind because I don't know, you know, I wasn't talking about, uh, you know, like weapons or uh, anything like that. It was it was all basic, common, self-reliant stuff, uh, right. basic, common things you can buy at any store and, and keep in your house. And I uh, I was really surprised, so I tried sending it through a second source, and I got the same same kind of blockage on it. And then a few days after that happened, um, I was literally raided by the federal government. Wait, wait, stop. You were raided by the federal government. Now, let me back up here for a second. Um, for people that want to listen to this, uh, he's talking about this show, my show, episode 238, 239, and 240, Disaster Cleanup and Mitigation. So we did a three-part series, and we talked about how to clean up, basically how to clean up if a disaster hits your area. We talked about necessary supplies and skills and kits and all that. I thought they were three very important, informative podcasts, innocent material, but you were raided by the federal government right after that. Tell us about it. Yeah, I, uh, it was a warrantless search, and they came in, uh, BATF, DHS, um, FBI, they came in full flak jackets, full, full military gear, fully automatic MP5s, um, M14s, um, uh, M4s, I mean, and they literally tore my place up uh, because I talked about storing chemicals such as um, bleach, ammonia, uh, white vinegar, um, things of that nature that you can use not only to like disinfect water, but you can disinfect after a disaster. You can clean up uh, any kind of viruses and bacteria and things with these types of things. You can you can uh, neutralize mold with white vinegar. And they said that uh, I was storing excess amounts of chemicals that could be used to to make bombs. Yeah. So they thought that because you're a prepper and you take this seriously and you're storing cleanup equipment, they thought that you were making bombs. 
Exactly. Storing the supplies to make them. They, they had no other materials. I didn't have any fertilizers. I don't use fertilizers or chemicals of that nature. Uh, you know, the, the little greenhouse that we were building, uh, we use all natural animal manure for fertilizer and things like that. So there's nothing that was, that could be construed as, as making any kind of explosive devices at all. But they said that the, the liquid chemicals, because I was storing them in mass quantities, could be used as bomb-making materials. And that was their reason for showing up and raiding your dwelling. Exactly, because I had promoted on, on the air uh, people storing uh, ex- what they considered excess quantities of these types of uh, things uh, for cleaning up from disasters and, mit- and helping to mitigate disasters. Yeah. Now, you know, it's interesting. They told you that they heard about this on an internet radio show, but they didn't mention mine specifically. They didn't say any specific, but the only the only podcast I've ever done is your podcast. I've never done any kind of internet <laughs> interviews or anything of that nature. So it has to be through your show because that's the only one I've ever done. Now, now I want to say something to all the listeners. Well, that just proves to me that, that they're listening to me or somebody that has connected them connected to them is listening to me. But that's fine. I mean, I knew that anyway. And um, the next thing I'm going to ask you, I think, is probably the most, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, I think it's the most disturbing part of what they did to you and said to you. Tell, tell the listeners, what did they call you? Uh, they called me a domestic terrorist. For what reason? Because I was uh, storing excess amounts of food. I was storing uh, the chemicals that we spoke of. And um, the lifestyle that I live is not conducive to living in general population. Um, But you don't live... They tried tried to have me classified in court as a domestic terrorist. But the lifestyle you live... They say it's not not conducive to the general popula- population. You don't live in the general population. Exactly. I live in a remote location. I, I keep to myself. I don't bother anybody. I have no grievances with any people in the local town where I where I go. Um, so I, I don't understand what what you know how they can say that or why they're trying to say that or how they think they can say that because uh, I've never been in trouble with the law to the point where, you know, they have any kind of record on me or anything. Um, I've been teaching this stuff for many years. Um, you know, it's it, when they, when they rate it, I mean, all they found was, was uh, canned food, which is food we can ourselves in mason jars. Um, they found buckets of beans and rice and uh, dried uh, fruits and vegetables in five-gallon buckets, and they confiscated all that. They literally destroyed all of the glass jars. They, they are, the root cellar we have where we kept all of our food looks like a, a massive explosion of just Everything all over the floor, glass and food and um, all the meat and, and canned milk. and I mean, just everything we had uh, totally destroyed. Unbelievable. All right. So because of all that, because you store all that, they call you a domestic terrorist. Now, when we were talking offline, I think they gave you a time frame. Didn't they say if you store a certain amount of food, you're considered a domestic terrorist? Well, sorry, listeners, we lost the connection, but I got him connected back. So, Bear, uh, tell everybody again, 
how much how much food storage did they determine made you an, a domestic terrorist? Uh, I I we store personally we have six years worth of food supplies, and it, they say that if you have more than seven days of food stores, you they're trying to cla- have you classified as a domestic terrorist because nobody needs to have that much food stored uh, in their home. They say if you have more than seven days of food storage, yes. That that's one of, is that one of the criteria that they came up with to that's, classify you as a domestic? Yes, that's one of the criteria. Yes, and, okay. and we had we had six years worth. That's one of your domestic uh, terrorist criteria, and you had six years worth. So in their mind, no one needs to store more than seven days worth of food. Right, because what 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 the uh, the prosecutor that's uh, handling this case for the government said is that even. Uh, grocery stores only have three days worth, um, so no one needs to have that many days worth of food stores storage in their house. So, so the prosecutor never heard of a weather event and people cleaning out the grocery stores in less than 24 hours, and now people can't eat and the trucks can't run because the trucks can't come into the area. I mean, this kind of stuff just recently happened. He's not heard of that. Uh, I, I, I apparently not either that or he's uh, turning a blind eye to it. I don't know. I mean, yeah. maybe he doesn't watch TV, which I, I seriously doubt. But you know, I don't know. Um, I, I can't go to to what's in his mind, but I think he's just following protocol of what the government has set forward, and he's uh, you know he's supposed to follow that protocol. So, all right. So we'll get off of that minute. For okay, so they label you a domestic terrorist. What do they do? What do they do to you next? Um, well, when we went into court, uh, they did try, you know, they, they tried to do that. And my attorney, uh, brought up, he said, I, you know, does your honor know exactly what the federal government's definition of a domestic terrorist is? And the judge did not know. And my, my attorney, one of my three attorneys had to inform him just what the definition of a domestic terrorist is. And it is a person who has a political or religious agenda that they're trying to push through terrorism, and I have no political ties, and I have no religious agenda. So how can the government try to bring a case classifying me as a domestic terrorist when I don't even fall into the government's own definition of a domestic terrorist? How is that possible? Yeah, and part of that definition had nothing to do with food storage either. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous and ludicrous how they're trying to make people who want to be self-reliant. They don't want to rely on the government. They don't want to rely on other people. They just want to live their life peacefully, go about their business, do their own thing. And because you're trying to do your own thing, you're not, you're not trying to get government benefits and government money and all this other stuff and, and food stamps and everything else. You're trying to support yourself and live for yourself and do for yourself. But if you do that beyond what they consider a, a reasonable amount of time or a reasonable amount of, of supplies, all of a sudden you're going to be put on a domestic terrorist list. I mean, this, this is ludicrous. It's, it's, it's insane here in the United States of America that they think they can do this to people. I'd love to hear what that prosecutor has to say when I asked him a question, why does he have a pantry in his house? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Apparently, he doesn't have more than three days worth of food, or if he does, he doesn't understand that 
then he can be classified as a domestic terrorist himself. You know, the thing is, is I mean, why do they put pantry in people's houses? <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Oh, well, anyway, so, so they raided you. What did they do? Uh, they came in and they, uh, we were in the process of building uh, a greenhouse uh, because where we live, it gets very cold. And we had some special panels that we had purchased uh, that collect the solar heat in the wintertime and help keep the, the greenhouse warm so we can grow vegetables and whatnot in the wintertime. And they completely shattered every one of those panels. Um, they tore down half of the greenhouse. They came into our, our shelter, our, our house that we live in, and they completely broke out all of the windows. Our, our house is built so it faces uh, basically southwest to the south so we can collect all the solar uh, heat. And they broke out all the glass. Uh, they came in and tore up uh, every, just about everything in the house. Uh, they, uh, you know, ripped through bedding. They, they ripped through the mattress. They were looking for anything that they could try to find to say that we were stashing or hiding or storing um, that they could use against us. And they found nothing. I mean, uh, they didn't find any weapons. They didn't find any. Any. Uh, they were searching the ground with uh, the, uh, the the flare. Uh, mechanisms that they used to roll over the ground looking for storage caches and they didn't find anything like that because we live uh, on a granite mountain it's not very easy to dig and store any kind of containers in the ground when you live over granite um and, and these guys you know they don't use common sense um they literally destroyed my homestead i mean it is absolutely completely destructed uh, and like I said where we were storing our food the, the root cellar that we had uh, is completely obliterated the shelves uh, torn off the wall uh, smashed uh, all the all the canned goods uh, in the jars that we you know because we do our own canning and stuff completely destroyed um, all of our vegetables were dug up and destroyed uh, trying to see if we had anything that was underground that we shouldn't have I mean just ludicrous I mean I, I felt like I was you know Ruby Ridge or Waco uh, with the way they came in. They came in with helicopters. They came in with guys, like I said, fully armed, fully automatic weapons, completely uh, in black gear. All you could see was their eyes, which you could barely see through the, the goggles they had on. Um, you know, like like we had just, you know, uh, yeah. committed a Waco act or something like that, or we were at Waco. And, you know, I mean, so... It was, yeah, it was completely surreal. It's, you know, it's something you see in a news report and you hear about on, in movies and stuff and you don't, you know, it's, you don't believe, um, the reality of what it's like until it happens to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked as I'm listening to you talk about this. Uh, did they have a warrant? No, it was a warrantless search because they, they did it under the uh, Department of Homeland Security, under, uh, the, um, the bill, I can't remember the, 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 the name of the bill that Obama passed. Uh, if they have a, a sense that you might be a domestic terrorist, they can come in with a warrantless search and raid your home. And that's, that's how they came in. You know, this is so amazing, White Bear. This is so amazing. Because, you know, even though I podcast, I also listen to other shows. I listen to lots of other shows. And I hear people talk about this possibility of being labeled as such and then checking you out because they don't like preppers because they don't like people that like to you know fend for themselves take care of themselves accept personal responsibility for themselves and provide for right. themselves they don't they don't want people being less dependent and i've heard this i've heard people talk about it but this is the first time i've ever talked to anybody that has had that happen to them 
right, yeah. And they, they confiscated my computer. They confiscated my external hard drives. Thousands of hours of video that I've shot. Um, some of them that were up on my YouTube channel, some that I had, had shot to edit to put out on video. Uh, all of my audio equipment, uh, gone. And they, they say they can't find it. They don't know what evidence, um, uh, facility it was sent to, so they can't find it. Um, so basically I'm, you know, I'm out of my computer and, and, uh, video equipment, my video cameras, uh, you know, that were very expensive, my audio microphones, uh, camera lights, everything that I had, um, tripods, all that stuff, even connecting cables from my computer to my external hard drives and, and to connect my cameras to my computer and stuff, all of that stuff just completely gone. They confiscated it all. Completely um, gone. Wow. And, and when my attorney tried to, you know, find out why and try to get it back, they, they claim that they, they have no idea where it is. Yeah, right. Sure they don't. <laughs> well, um, so you're in the rebuilding process, right? Yes. Oh, I, I mean, this, you know, we were talking off air and, and, and you said that you hoped I wasn't discouraged. Let me tell you, I'm not discouraged. I'm furious. I am completely livid about being treated this way when I have done absolutely nothing wrong other than to try to help other people be prepared for when a disaster might happen or, uh, you know, talking about mitigating a disaster, cleaning up a disaster, and I have to go through this just because I'm trying to help other people. This has only lit, uh, lit a fire under me to even more so help people um, to be prepared against this kind of tyranny um, because this is this to me is a disaster that has to be cleaned up. <laughs> Very well put. Now, for listeners who maybe are new to the show and didn't listen to those podcasts, those are episode two thirty eight, two thirty nine, and two forty. Um, we did we did a three part series, and you can go back and listen to those. I don't think you and I said anything in that in those podcasts that could label either anybody as a, as a domestic terrorist or anything. Absolutely not. There's absolutely nothing that was said yeah. in those episodes. I mean, it was all about supplies to have on hand in case you have to clean up after a disaster and things that you could maybe do to help mitigate if a disaster hits yeah, uh, and, and minimalize it so that you, the effects aren't as devastating if you're ever uh, in one of those situations. And let's not miss the bigger question here, because offline you and I were talking about, it sure seems like what, what happened to you is a lot of what Glenn Tate writes in his book series, 299 Days. And it doesn't seem like Glenn is all that far off, does he? Oh, I, 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 I have not had the opportunity to read Glenn's books. Um, I... I've been, I was prior to all this happening, I was so busy, I never got a chance to download. I've heard the podcast where, you know, you've had Glenn on, and I've listened to other podcasts that Glenn has been on because a lot of what he says really strikes true, and people really need to listen. And now that I have, now that I actually have a computer back that a friend loaned to me, uh, I'm actually going to download uh, those those books because I want to read what Glenn says. Um, but let me tell you, people that think that it can't happen to them, um, they think the government's not paying attention, you need to wake 
up, folks. You need to pay attention because it, it can happen. I'm, I never dreamed doing a series of podcasts like that, talking about what can happen in a natural or man-made disaster and how to clean up and mitigate it could ever lead to anything like this. I mean, it's just absolutely ludicrous. In, in this country, the, one of the last free bastions of the world that we have anything that can happen like this to a person just by talking about cleaning up or mitigating a disaster. Yeah, and and here let me add to that because this this seems like just a very clear example of how certain factions of the government, and I'm not going to say the whole government, but certain factions of the government, they just don't want us to lose our dependency on them. No, they don't. They don't. They absolutely do not. And and the other thing, uh, one of the things that I've done uh, that I don't really talk about, but I'm going to bring it up on here because uh, this was a, a big point with the prosecutor in, in this case, is the fact that I rescinded my Social Security number almost 20 years ago. And I opted out of being part of the social socialist security system. And um, they had all of that information. They had the form that I filled out that I that I sent into the Social Security Administration because they don't want you to opt out of that system. They want you to be part of it. Right. So this is another part of well, you're un-American because you opted out of this. I said I'm not un-American. I'm I'm I'm, I'm part Native American. I'm more more American than you are by by birthrights. So how can you call me un-American because I don't want to be part of a system that was devised to rob people of their money? <laughs> How's that, how that un-American? They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. They absolutely don't want to hear that. And he tried to have that stricken from my testimony, but the judge allowed it in. Um, so, you know, they don't want people to know their rights. They don't want people to exercise their rights. They don't want people to be self-reliant, self-sustainable, self-supporting. They want people to be welfare brats that rely on the government that say, yes, master, whatever you want, we will do. And bad, let me be another sheeple. I'm not one of those people, and I've never been that way my entire life. I've been self-reliant my entire life, and I will continue to do so. There isn't anything that the government can do to to uh, derail me from being a self-reliant person. I'm hardwired for it. I, I was born that way. I've been that way my entire life, ever since I was a small child. I will continue until the day I leave this earth to be self-reliant, and there's no other man on this earth that's going to tell me I have to be otherwise. And I'm going to continue to work towards my self-reliant goals, even though I'm not there yet. Um, yeah, and I'm going to continue to do that until the day I leave this earth, which I hope is not anytime soon. And uh, I do too. Yeah, thank you, well, White Bear. I appreciate that. You know, it, what really really bothers me a lot about this is you're right. Most people don't think this can happen to them, and oftentimes my show, when I do this show, I'm trying to speak to new people, new preppers, because uh, that's always been kind of my goal is to get new preppers, you know, modern survivalists to come in to start doing this and taking more responsibility. But I think what you and I are talking about really should wake up some of the existing preppers that have been doing it a long time to kind of watch watch their six a little bit. 
Yeah, well, there's a lot of guys like we talked before that that promote, you know, what kind of, of preps they have and and what kind of weapons they might have, you know, if they have that kind of thing. And and I, I think a lot of people should really refrain from from publicizing that. Um, you know, uh, uh, people think that it's it's not a big deal, but um, I can tell you from some people that I've spoken to. Um, that are from my area that are heavily uh, involved in um, uh, organizations um, uh, that I'm not going to talk specifically about, but they were down at the Clive and Bundy uh, ranch and they, they themselves said that that they could tell very easily. That was a test to see the magnitude of the people that would come out in support of the Bundy family against the BLM. And the government got exactly what they wanted. They may have only seen a small fraction of it, but they wanted to see how much resistance there would be if they tried this on that kind of scale or even a little bit larger scale. And I and they were very surprised at what they found, I believe. I believe also that they were very surprised. Yeah. Let me shift gears a bit. If if a person goes back to episode 238, 239, and 40, and you listen to the three interviews you and I did on disaster cleanup, I, I couldn't find anywhere in there where we talked about supplies large enough to be doing things like making bombs and dangerous chemicals and, and, and things like that. Exactly. Exactly. All we you were know, ta- all we I were mean, talking about is simple supplies that you should have on hand, and right. we might have been talking about more than the average person. But hey, you know what? This podcast is not being about an average person. And when you decide to become a prepper survivalist and be a little bit more independent, you're not an average person. Okay, we had a little Skype disconnect that hopefully I fixed. So we were talking about how FEMA failed at Katrina. Yeah, you know, they, they failed at, at uh, doing any kind of uh, real cleanup or rebuilding. Uh, any of the rebuilding that has happened in that area all came from private entities that have donated money, uh, such as Hollywood uh, celebrities that live in the area and really love, uh, you know, be that area down there. And they've helped rebuild and they've helped people rebuild their personal homes. And, you know, so how can how can the government expect us to be dependent on them and not be self-reliant when they can't even handle a situation like that. Basically, once it was over with, they just left and left the mess. I mean, yeah. I, I don't understand that. And I certainly would not be reliant on the government to uh, take care of me in any way, shape, or form when they can't, number one, they can't take care of their own house, which is Washington, D.C., and they can't take, of a natu- take care of a natural disaster when it happens. So uh, how they how people can figure they're going to take care of them is beyond me. And, and look, I sure hope that anybody who is new at prepping and listening to this show, or if you're thinking about prepping and listening to this show, I, I hope that you don't get too scared from this. I hope that you understand that you know the government wants you to be dependent on them, but but do you do you really want that? You know, that's that's what you got to start thinking about. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, more so, you know, with with um, with the word prepping, there comes the connotations of the tinfoil hatters and and uh, people that line their 
their uh, vehicles and homes with tin foil because they think that you know they're listening through satellites. Uh, that's a lot of the uh, the downside that comes with the the term prepping. And so what you know, I encourage people to be self reliant, and being self reliant is more than just having food stores and and water stores and stuff. It it's you know being able to maintain your vehicle, being able to to fix and maintain your house, um, you know, being able to sew your own clothes if they get holes in them, or you know things of that nature. There's a lot more to it than just having food and water. Uh, and for the people that want to store weapons and ammo, um, there's a whole plethora of of things that come with being self-reliant and I encourage people to learn how to, you know, how to use a needle and thread, how to, how to do a basic uh, oil change or tune up on their vehicle or how to, how to change a flat tire. Um, you know, how to, if, if, uh, if uh, a shingle blows off your house, how to replace that shingle or, you know, things of that nature that, that really are important uh, and go right along hand in hand with other aspects of being self-reliant. Okay, I think you just convinced me to stop using the word prepper and survivalist, and I'm just going to start using the words self-reliant. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's it's a it's not as uh, shocking to people when you say, oh, you know, I'm self-reliant. I can cook for myself. I can I can you know hunt and and skin and butcher my own meat, I can sew my own clothes, I can repair my own roof or, or a broken window in my house, I can, you know, uh, do an oil change or a tune-up on my vehicle, I can change a flat tire, I can, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's, it's not, you know, uh, you don't get the horrific looks as when you tell people, oh, yeah, I'm a prepper. Because um, a lot of people, like I said, when you hear the word prepper, they're like, oh, my God, this guy's a lunatic, you know. So, uh, you know, and, and people, like I said, people, when, when they hear prepper, they think that all it means is having food, water, uh, and weapons. And that's not all it is. There's a lot more to it. So, uh, you know, get in the mode of being more self-reliant and, and, and getting that self-reliant mindset instead of that prepper or survivalist. Because, uh, you know, every day people survive. It, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're you're in survival mode right now with your situation. So you're a survivalist every day. Yep, um, that's but right. Being self reliant is is a step above just surviving. That's exactly right. All right. First, let me thank White Bear for his time. Obviously, normally I would talk about his website and YouTube channel, but they don't exi- they don't exist right now. So I'm not going to talk about that. Let's just say I, you know, I respect White Bear and I think he has a lot of great, great knowledge. And I've checked out when it was operational, I checked out his YouTube channel and I checked out his website and things like that. And I found him to be quite credible in everything. And I learned a lot from that. So anyway, like I said, normally I would talk about that, but I don't have really any more to say. I think that White Bear and I pretty much talked about it all. So just let this go in the back of your mind uh, for a while and think about it. I'd like to hear from you. What do you think? Don't forget, you can get on the forum. Uh, If you're not a member of our forum, let me invite you to. Uh, Go to todayssurvival.com, click the forum button, register. When you register for the forum, please do me a favor. Send me an email and tell me what username you used. I have to approve your account. That's my best way of keeping spammers off the forum. Once again, send me an email at bobatodayssurvival.com. Give me the username so I can find you on the list, and I'll approve your account in less than 24 hours, and you can start posting on the forum. If you want to call in a voicemail, 210-646-1727. And if you just want to email me, you can email me a comment at bob at todayssurvival.com. 
Com. Thanks again for listening to another episode of your Common Sense Survival and Self-Reliance Program. It's my goal to help you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.